Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in today. This is episode number 91. I am so excited for this guest. It is going to be such an exciting and fun episode. I already know it and I think we're just going to get right into it. So enjoy. All right, everyone. I have a very special guest today. She is a speaker, a certified life reinvention coach, and an author of her award-winning book, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, Penetrating Memoir. Everyone, (laughs) please welcome Karen to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so freaking excited and hyped up to chat with you today. I'm so glad we connected and I just can't wait to hear all about your story. Um, so I, I've been absolutely loving to first ask, what are you most excited about that's coming up in your life? Well, I'm actually getting ready to write my, well, I've started my second book. So coming off the back of the ins and outs of my vagina, um, everyone is wondering where that sequel is yet, but I'm going to wait a few years, you know, till menopause and all that stuff. And I have more great vagina stories, but in the meantime, I am working on a self-help motivational book that is really going to show mainly women, but anyone how to reinvent their life. And so that I'm super pumped about. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. That's so exciting. Why not? Right? Like once you write one book and you kind of like rip that bandaid off and you're like, Okay, well, why not just do it again? (laughs) That's so awesome. Now, how did, can you like walk us through the journey of like writing your book? Because I'm very curious, like how that process was for you. Yeah. So I write about it in the book, chapter 30, all lubed up with nowhere to go. And it's the chapter titles are amazing. But it's kind of like this journey where I am pregnant and it's about seven months in. And I think I'm just going to go to the OB and get the regular like ultrasound checkup. Like you're good to go. And she starts Mm -hmm. talking to me about this practice of perineal massage, where you put olive oil on your fingers and you kind of like massage around the opening of the vulva to stretch Mm -hmm. your skin for the birth of the baby. And I was like, yo lady, you're crazy. Like I (laughs) What do you, is this like a joke? Like I was waiting for somebody to jump out. Like I was on punked or like a prank show, you know, (laughs) I'm like, this has to be a joke. Well, it wasn't. And eventually I decided to try it one night when I was all alone and it was a complete disaster. I mean, olive oil was everywhere, but where it was supposed to be, like it hurt. I was doing it wrong. I don't know. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to stop. So I waddled back to the couch too tired to clean up. And my husband came home from work and was like, what the hell is this? Like, why is there olive oil in the bathroom? So I was trying to explain to it. And he just looked at me dead in the eye and was like, you should write a book and call it. I don't know my vagina because it's clear. You have no idea how this thing works. And so I was like, that's dumb. Who would ever read a book about my vagina? You know, I just kind of went through that whole that's, that's not a good idea, but I started thinking about it and I was like, wait a second. Like I have a lot of really funny, ridiculous vagina stories. I was like, I think I actually have a book here. So I started writing just randomly. I mean, I'd never written anything other than some essays for English class, you know, start writing, get maybe like 20,000 words in. I mean, it was a big chunk, but then I went back after maternity leave to work. 
And I got sucked into corporate again. And I just was in the rat race until I had a full on midlife crisis in 2019. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to finish this book like that. I have got to just, I made this promise to myself that I was going to write a book. And I'm like, even if I never publish it, like, I just want to start writing it. And it was like little increments at a time, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. And before I knew it, I had 70,000 words written and I shared it with a couple of people. They gushed over it and were like, oh my gosh, this is really good. And I was like, really? Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, everybody thinks they're great in their own mind. You know, I'm like, yeah, this is funny, but I'm like, I don't know. Is it really a book? And sure enough, people loved it. And I was like, I think I need like a real editor. I should just do this. And that was that. Wow. That must've been such a journey. Now, let me ask you yeah. this. Did you, did you hand write or did you type? I typed everything. Yep. So I yeah. used at first, I mean, I started in word and then mm-hmm. my cousin was an English teacher and he's like 10 years older than me. And I was like, Hey, will you like help me edit my book? I was like, I'll pay you. He was like, I'm not taking money, from you. Oh. but he just wanted to do it as a favor. So he would work on it at night. I'd wake up in the morning, get the changes. I would work on that the next night and then send it back to him. And because it was a Google doc, like he could be a chapter ahead of me or whatever. And eventually I realized like I need professional help, like, you know, just to help me craft more of this story and mm. get to the punchline and, So yeah, I I hired an editor and then we literally went just chapter by chapter. So, you know, here's the front section, the letter to whom it may concern. And then we moved into like each chapter and part. So that's so cool. Now, did you have like a publisher or like, how did, how was that journey for you? No. So I self-published, but this book I have been told by multiple people does not read like a self-published book. And it shouldn't because I spent a tiny fortune on producing this book, which most people don't spend that kind of money. But because of the topic, I knew that it had to be so classy and well-written. I mean, everyone's definition of classy is different. So I'm sure some people would be like, um, what? But but it really is tastefully done and it's very humorous. So I just felt like I needed the best of the best for this book. Oh, that's so cool. I love hearing like the journey and like the whole process. Cause I've actually had many authors on my podcast. Oh, always so intrigued by like just the story and how they did it. And like, you know, some people kind of write notes here and there and then they kind of like clump it together and some people handwrite yeah. it. God bless you if you could handwrite it. I mean, I feel like oh. I, it, like my goal, I would love to write a book one day. That is definitely my life goal. So, and I would totally type it. I would have to type it. Although yes. I am old school in the sense of like, I write my, like um my podcast notes on a notebook. Like I write, yep. you know, my work notes on a notebook. And so many people do like the, um, the e-notes, I guess you could call them like, uh, or whatever. I'm so old school when it comes to that, but it's so funny. Like 
when I think about writing a book, I'm like, oh no, I would totally type it. Like, that, yeah, that's- like I did write my, some of my notes or if I think of a story like, oh my gosh, that time I was at Burger King and I couldn't find my tampon that I like took out of me and it wasn't in the toilet. Like whatever that chapter got cut, but you know, like these things and I'd be like, oh, I got to write about that later. So I would write something like that down. Um, but yeah, for the actual story and the meat of it, it's just so much easier to type it out and I don't know. It's spell check is right there and it just gets all that stuff. Like it's, it's so much easier. That's so cool. So how did you, how did you figure out the name, like the title of the book? I'm so curious. Oh yeah. This is crazy. So it was actually born in a sweaty wrestling gym while my son and some other people's sons were practicing and me and a few other moms were talking and it just, one of the moms was like, what about the ins and outs of my vagina? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, let me talk to my editor and see what he thinks. And as soon as I said it, it was like a light bulb went off for him. And he was just like, oh my gosh, yes, this is good. And then I came up with the um, a penetrating memoir as the subtitle because I'm like, why not? Like go big or go home, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I, I need to read it. Like, yes, I'm going to read it. That's, that's, I'm trying to read more, which is actually one of my 2023 goals because obviously we're ending you know we're wrapping up 2022 I'm like you yep. know what time to start goal setting so reading is it's kind of like it really is an escape and I love yes. I think it's so it's so nice to just kind of sit back and just be able to you know all devices everything away I like to be alone usually when I'm reading yeah kind of little escape and so I think just it's so nice to really just like not think about anything and just really focus on what you're reading. So and I, these chapters are so short. So they're okay. really like micro stories. So there's 40 mm-hmm. chapters, but one part will have like a six or seven chapters and you just kind of crank through it. So I've had people read it in a weekend or 48 hours. Like I had one girl, she literally like read, read it almost in one sitting, like on her Kindle and then was like, where's your sequel? And I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, I need to write a sequel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's really neat. But yeah, it is. It, a lot of people have also commented that the writing really makes you feel like you're reading someone's diary or like you're right there with me almost more of as an observer in the room and watching the whole story unfold in front of you, which I think is really cool and amazing that's feedback. Awesome. That's really good feedback. Cause it's like, yeah. and I think when you're reading a book, that's kind of what you want to like, think about, like, mm-hmm. I want to pretend like I'm in the room or I am like watching it from afar, which sounds yeah. kind of sounds creepy, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Totally. Well, it does feel kind of creepy. Like one of, one of the women who interviewed me on another show was like, I got to the part about you using your vibrator. She's like, and I shut the book. Cause I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can read this. And then she was like, Oh, it's in her book. Obviously she wants me to read it. Yeah. But it is, it was a little hard to share some of these stories because they are so personal. Right. And being vulnerable can be so tough but I think afterwards it's almost like rewarding because then it's like whoever you're being vulnerable with you kind of connect and get closer to that person Mm -hmm. so I can totally understand like how it's so personal and like you're like hey this is this is the world like here you go like here it is um I love that though and I think I think being vulnerable can be really just such a powerful feeling 
Mm-hmm. And like, it's so scary and, and it kind of intimidating. But then after you kind of get over that hump, it's like, you know what, I'm glad I'm glad I did it, you know? Yeah. And I think especially being in corporate for so many years, I mean, I ran the rat race for 15 years and, you know, I lost a lot of my spirit and my drive and my fire. And I felt like, who even am I anymore? And it was almost like a rebirth of myself and a reconnecting to me and my stories and just being like, I don't care for once. Like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm just going to totally authentically show up and be me and you can take it or leave it and love it or hate it. And that's all good. But for Mm -hmm. once, I just felt like, oh my gosh, I'm finally me again. Right. I love that. And that must've been such a empowering situation. Cause I've heard so many people like they hit a breaking point or they hit a point where they were like bored or what, what have you. But yeah, I think it's such a powerful thing when we're able to recognize that and really figure out, okay, how am I going to change or pivot and do something different to make myself happy and feel like fulfilled? I think that's so powerful. Uh, I'd I'd love to know a little bit more about, you know, kind of how you got to that point and really just like accepting yourself for who you really are. I mean, it's a journey for sure. You know, I think if first thing was I had to realize that the way I was living just wasn't working for me anymore, you know, because it's hard to change when you don't recognize that there's a problem. And for a lot of years, I didn't, you know, I just was like, well, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm an adult. Like you just go to work and you grind your teeth at night because you're so stressed. And then you have to wear a night guard. Like that's just how it is. You just like stressy and you drink every single day of the week. And that's fine because everyone else is doing it. So whatever. And then you finally have this like, oh shit moment where you're like, wait a second, life is short. I'm not going to be here forever. Is this really what I'm going to do? And I think just writing the book was so therapeutic and going back and remembering the struggles that I went through with my body at different points and just coming to this place of acceptance. Like, yeah, Mm. it's not perfect. Yeah. Sometimes my vagina and I have a little bit of a love hate relationship, but like we're still together and we're making it work and, and that's okay. And we don't have to be perfect. And, you know, someone else's idea of the perfect sex life or the perfect marriage or relationship. Well, maybe that's not, doesn't work for me or that's not how it is for my life. And that's okay. Different doesn't mean bad. So I guess that's, I don't know if that answers your question, but mm-hmm. it's, and it's still ongoing, right? Cause I still have those days where I'm like, man, I wish we were, why don't we try this? Or let's have this crazy sex or why don't, why don't you just like pick me up and carry me up the stairs and like, you know, like what, mm-hmm. but that's just how we are as humans, right? We always want what's on the other side or what we think other people have. That's so true. Oh my gosh. And it really, I think sec- our sex lives really do ebb and flow. Like there's sometimes yeah. where it's like, I want to have sex all the time. And then there's other weeks where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not really feeling it right now. And and that's okay. I think that's normal. I think yes. communicating with your partner about how you're feeling. Like, I think just like a couple of weeks ago, I told my fiance, like, you know, I'm sorry. I haven't really been initiating, but I just like, haven't been like, yeah in that in that realm I guess like I just I don't don't even know what it is like I don't even think it's something specific it's just like hey I'm just I'm just not really feeling it right now and I think I think that's okay we don't have to be 
And I think it, society puts a lot of pressure on us. Like, yes. oh, you have to have the best sex and your husband or whomever has to like rip your clothes off and walk yeah. you all the time. And it's like, that's not always true. And that's not always <laughs> the case. Like, And I get really pissed when he rips my tank tops in half. I'm like, will you stop doing that? <laughs> I don't yeah. have white tank tops for you to rip. Stop. Right. Pisses me off. <laughs> I just think, yeah, I just think like communicating about, you know, how you're feeling. And, and I think it's really, I, and I say this on the podcast all the time. Like, I think people really are sometimes so nervous or maybe they feel awkward yeah. about sharing these types of things with their partner. So if you could give like some advice to, you know, someone maybe struggling to either spice it up or communicate with their partner about something, you know, sex related, what, what, like, have you ever had an experience yeah. like that? And like, what could you share? Well, first of all, I would say start small. So don't like roll up and be like, hey, I was thinking we could have like a threesome or something. (laughs) When you've never like broached that subject, I'm not saying that that's what you should be doing either to have a spice it up. We're not doing that. (laughs) I can tell you that I'm way too jealous (laughs) for all that BS. But, um, you know, like just what I'm trying to iterate is like say something small, like, hey, I just thought we could do it with candles tonight or, you know, in a different room or what, you know, like, Hey, let's drive somewhere and park in a dark lot. Like, I don't know, start small before you go jumping into like your big, crazy fantasies. Um, and I have a good friend who's a sex coach and she always tells me when you're going to have the topic talk, you need to make sure everyone is in the right mind frame. So you don't want to like approach this after you just had a fight or, you know, like, when you're like in the middle of having sex, like, by the way, I thought tonight we could, you know, stick something in your butt. And he's like, what? (laughs) There goes that mood. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. if you want to try something (laughs) that's a little off the cuff or like out there, like you need to have a conversation about it outside of it Mm -hmm. when you're maybe connecting at night over tea or over a drink or dinner, like at some point where it's neutral ground and you feel comfortable having that conversation. Oh, I love that. That's, and, and it's so simple, but sometimes I feel like we get so caught up in the moment and you're like, you're almost anxious to like say something because you don't want to hurt their feelings or kill right. their ego. And, and there's so many layers to it, but I loved like what you said, just like start small. Even if you like kind of frame it, like something that I've really heard from some coaches that I've spoken with is frame it like, I really kind of want to just like talk to you about something like Mm kind of like ease into it and let them know okay like you know what let's sit down like take the phones away like put them away get off the phone turn off the tv mute the tv and just like be in the same like you said like the mindset and really being able to just kind of focus on each other and really like have a nice conversation. I love that. I absolutely. Yeah. And it always helps when you start with a compliment, you know, so if it involves something that they do, like I really loved the other night when you were doing this, you know, I was wondering if we could also try that and like sort of expound on something that you've already done. And then they're like, Oh, wow. You know, like I'm awesome. And they have that like ego boost, you know? Totally. I I love that too. Cause it's like, everyone likes a compliment, right? I mean, yeah everyone I don't think there's a single person that is like nope fuck that I don't want that like (laughs) it's just like come on like it's like positive reinforcement yes exactly it's like but whatever you do you like gotta speak up because for many years I didn't 
right? And so I talk mm-hmm. about that in the book and I talk about buying my um, first vibrator and then I like share with, so it broke and then I had to buy more toys and they came, of course the package came when he was home. And so mm-hmm. he's like, what's in the box? And so there's this really, really funny back and forth and dialogue as I'm like pulling these toys out of this like FedEx box. And my husband's like, what is that? So busted. But yeah, it was like this moment where he's like, well, why am I not good enough? Right. And, but I'm like trying to explain to him, like, look, I thought my body was broken. Like I didn't even know if I could have an orgasm. So this is also part discovery for me and realizing like, I'm not broken. It's just whatever we're doing is not actually stimulating me in the way that I need to get off. And so I didn't speak up for all these years and we could have been having like such better sex, you know, but I just, I was afraid I didn't want to hurt his feelings, but that's no way to go through life because I'm then hurting myself. Right. And I'm not getting the enjoyment. And I'm basically taught him for years to do things. I didn't like, not that I didn't like them, but they weren't working. Right. So we're just doing only what he wants to do and not what I want to do. And that creates resentment over time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times we're taught to, I mean, it's not our fault. Like we're taught like, Oh, we need to just please our partner. And like, I mean, I used to do that too. And then I realized, oh shit, I should be enjoying this experience just as much as my partner and really getting to the root of that. And I, and I love the fact that you said, you know, I didn't want to continue this. So was there like a a set point that you kind of had a conversation with your husband about that? Or like, how did, how did that kind of go? Yeah, that, that finding the toys pretty much set it off. So we had (laughs) had to have the conversation. Um, but, and he didn't take it great at first, you know, like it was some, and I'm like, come on, like, let's try these out. It might be fun, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. And we had some good experiences. We had some not so great experiences, you know, like ebbed and flowed a little bit, but over time, then he saw that this wasn't a threat. It wasn't Mm -hmm. to replace him. Like it was just something that could be part of our experience together. And then everyone was happy. Everyone had a good time and it wasn't an indictment on him. It didn't make him bad at what he was doing. It it was none of that, you know, because like I loved everything. It just wasn't physically what I needed. It wasn't my formula for getting off. And I love when you said like, it wasn't replacing him because it's so true. It's like, it's almost like an enhancement and then like they can use it on you or like with you, like during sex, like it can be super, super fun. Yeah. Agreed. I I think it can be, I I completely understand because I've definitely had partners that they kind of were like, well, why do you need that? Or like, you know, like, like, oh, well, what if, what if you use that instead of like with me or whatever? Like, it's like, I think it's, it's part of the male ego too. So, you know, some, some gentlemen, I think it's like a, it's like a weird thing, but then I think once they're introduced to it and they like see you know, kind of how we use it and, and kind of understand it more. I feel like they're more open to it. And I feel like that's honestly just like telling little bits of like, okay, well we can do this and we can try it like this, like just kind of slowly introducing them and like teaching them about almost. Cause I feel like I understand it can be a little intimidating. Like a 
you know a huge vibrator that's bigger than them they're like holy shit like why do you right. want that like <laughs> I can understand from their totally. point of view like oh shit okay like what is this thing but I think just slowly educating them on it I think can really do a lot and really enhance like I said like the entire experience like you said for both yeah. both partners so um do you have any recommendations for like a woman who has never experienced or has had a toy in her life. Do you have any tips that you could share? So I love to just start out with like a clitoral stimulation. So you do. So honestly, like the whole dildo thing, like really scared me big time in the beginning. Cause I was like, I'm not putting anything inside of me, like slow down. Like what, mm. what are we doing here? I'm like, I just need something externally to stimulate the clit. Like that's all I'm looking for. And, um, Probably some of that also though was stigma or probably like there was seen as some shame around that. Right. Which obviously now I like way more educated on all these things and it's so much more normalized that it it doesn't bother me, but you know, that's how I started was just like a little, it was longer, but it was just because it was back in the, oh gosh, 2003, 2004, probably. So it had a battery, like you actually needed double A battery. And then, so you're scrambling all around the house trying to find a battery when it run out, but it just like had like these little tips that you could change out on the tip and then use that externally. And so that was like a a nice entree into, you know, there wasn't like something in something out, like all these crazy bells and whistles. They didn't have a whole bunch of settings. It was like high or low (laughs) on or off. (laughs) Pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, that was honestly all I needed, you know, and I didn't quite know what to do even myself at first. Like it was so awkward because I'd never used them for it. You know, you didn't really know. Um, but yeah, you get, you get acclimated, just kind of move it around a little bit, figure out, Oh, Hey, okay. That feels good. And then go for it. I love that. And I think different, like, different strokes too like if you do like circular or just like up Mm -hmm. and down like there's so many different ways you can kind of really explore your body and be like oh okay that that spot is really nice and like really explore and I think that's another thing I think is very I love to destigmatize this is like it's okay to explore your body there's so much shame around it and I understand because that's how we were taught we were educated with shame-based and just being abstinent based like that's pretty much what our sex education was for the most part unless you were really lucky and had great sex education which I envy you if that's you because I feel like it's I feel like as adults in my podcast kind of sex coach industry it's really like we're reteaching ourselves as Mm -hmm. adults what pleasure is, you know, exploring our body is natural. It's healthy. It's okay. Like, I feel like we're retraining our brains. And also I think talking about it, I mean, just us talking about it right now is probably going to be like, so eye opening for some people, because I think, like I just said, it's like such a topic. It's so taboo. And it's like, guess what? Everyone is here in this world because two people had sex. Right. I say that all the time. But it's like, (laughs) It, it, I personally don't think it should be such a taboo topic. It's like everyone has sex. Like, yeah. So it's so wild to me. Like, why is it so like, oh, we can't talk about that. Like, 
come on, it's 2022. Like, let's go. I know. I know. But now my kids are so funny. They're almost like too cavalier around us. We Mm -hmm. were going over Thanksgiving break. My parents got us like a little night away at a hotel. And my son goes, we're, I'm not kidding you, 11 years old. We're in the car. And he's like, so are you guys going to have hotel sex? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the title of chapter 40. Apparently he peeked in my book, even though he knows he's not allowed to read it. And my husband, Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to swerve off the road. He was like, why did you get (laughs) What did you guys say? I don't know. Sorry. I go, it's none of your business. No, you don't. That's not how you ask. You don't talk to your parents about that kind of stuff. You know, that's right, not, right. you know, but I wasn't like, you know, shaming him either. You know what I mean? We're just right, like, right. don't worry about what we do. It's not of your, you know, kind of thing. But I'm like, oh my gosh, sorry. My husband is like rolling his eyes at me. Like, I can't believe you, Karen. Like you're killing me. <laughs> sorry. So yeah. How, I mean, I didn't really plan to talk about this, but if you don't mind me asking, like how, yeah. How do you introduce, because you have two boys, correct? Yeah, 11 and 13. How, like, do they ask you questions? Because obviously you're so open about this stuff. Do they ask you questions about, like, sex or, like, I guess anything to do with that? Yeah. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Like, but they don't ask me questions like, how do I please a girl? You know what I mean? Like, they're not there. They haven't even had their first kiss yet, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're we're, we're going slow here. But, you know, Mm -hmm. my... One son, we're, one time we're just walking and he's like, uh, how long does the process take? I'm like, what process? He's like, you know, to make a baby. And I'm like, well, I'm like, the process lasts about 30 seconds. I'm like, but I'm like, it can last longer if you're having fun. He's like, oh, that's okay. I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> See, I don't know. I feel like I, I have such a dirty mind, but I don't. I, I don't think I could not laugh at some yeah. of the questions I would assume. Yeah. I, I don't think I could not laugh. Well, like, and sometimes they do. I'm like, oh, that's funny. I hadn't thought about that. Or like, you know, like okay. now they really understand like periods and stuff. So I will tell them okay. like, look, guys, I'm losing my patience. I'm getting my period. I'm like, I, I don't want to yell at you, but I'm gonna. So like get upstairs and brush your teeth or something, you know, like yeah. if they're not listening. And so the one day I said something about having my period and my son's like, oh, are you just like bleeding in your underwear? And the other one hits him and goes, no, she's wearing a tampon. Duh. <laughs> okay. But so... it's just so nonchalant and cavalier. And, you know, yeah. I don't want those things to be shamed. I don't want them to think mm-hmm. that periods are gross because they're not, yeah. they're natural. I mean, I don't yeah. love bleeding. It's not like I'm right. like, oh, this is wonderful, but no. you know, like it's what happens. It's natural. It's how we have babies. So like, right. let's be adults and not be grossed out by it. 100%. I could not agree more with that. And I think, I think it's, it's kind of, I think it's awesome from like your kid's point of view, like that they can look up to you and be like, you know what, like this is, this is part of life. And I think it's so normal and natural. I mean, even if, you know, a little girl was like talking about it, I think it's so, it's good for them to like be aware of these types of things, because obviously they're going to, they're going to come in contact with a woman that, that might be hormonal or she might be going through some, has PMS, like having cramps and what's going on, like all of these things I think we need to be taught at a young age because it's like actually I have a story now that I just think about it one of my 
middle school friend's mom's. I think she was kind of young when she had her period. And I guess when, like, she wasn't exposed to the talk about periods and, you know, blah, 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 like, bring pets. She literally wrote, like, a, a note to her parents because she thought she was dying because oh. she had her period. Isn't that awful? Yes. I will, I will never forget that story. I think I literally like it was probably like fifth, sixth grade that I my friend told me about this story with her. That had to be terrifying. Right. And I thought to myself, if only her parents would have been like open and honest with the conversation, then this could have been avoided. Like she literally oh, yeah. like, was writing like a, a death note. And I, yes. I I couldn't believe that. I'll never forget that story till the day that I die because it was just, it was heartbreaking to me. Like she had no idea what was happening. And yes. I just think it could have been, it could have been avoided. So very interesting. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I share my period story and Aunt Flo pays her first visit. So that's one of my chapters where I share that story. So I have to get the book, everyone, and read about it. Absolutely. Yes. So I want to hear a few more of your either you know your stories like maybe like a few little teasers that you could share about you mm. know, vagina stories sure yeah so um gosh let's pick a good one so certainly sex after pregnancy uh for those of you who have had children or those of you that haven't they're just curious it's uh it's interesting i'll say that it is uh had high hopes <laughs> And it was kind of like, almost like being a virgin again, where you're like, what do I do? How, how, what to expect, you know? And you have to kind of like relearn your body because your body is so different after you have a baby. And I had a lot of challenges. Um, I had a, a labia tear and, mm. oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah. There's a whole chapter on that and the episiotomy and all that good fun stuff which I was told not to get because my mom had no drugs when she had a baby. So she felt the episiotomy and she said that was one of the most painful parts of the birth. Well, when you have an epidural, you ain't feeling nothing. (laughs) You're just like, they're telling me to push and I couldn't even feel my legs. Um, So anyway, like I was very timid about having sex and it just goes horribly wrong. And, uh, you know, you can read some of that in the book, but basically I I was thinking at one point, like, I'm going to get vaginal reconstruction. Like that's Mm -hmm. it. I don't care how much this costs. I'm like, might as well put the girls back where they belong while I'm at it. And like, I'm just gonna like have a full, like hundred thousand mile tune up. Like I'm a car, you know what I mean? Like, let's just get this puppy back to the way it used to be. Um, So I had to go through a lot of acceptance with my body. You know, my second son, um, I had a hernia and diastasis recti. So basically my abs had split and the fascia that helped them held them together had been torn. And so my intestines were basically like spilling out into my stomach was disgusting. I know your face right now. I wish people could see your face. (laughs) It really was horrible. Ow. Yeah. And there was just no, there was nothing we could do but surgery. So there was no way I could walk around like that for the rest of my life, not to mention just the back pain and the problems that I was going to have when your whole core is no longer intact. Um, And also from the physical perspective, I was like, I'm never going to be able to wear a bathing suit again. Like I I could have, of course I could have, but 
I would never have felt comfortable. I would never have felt confident in my skin again. Um, you know, I wouldn't take my shirt off in the bedroom anymore with my husband. I didn't want him to see my body. I was just really, I was having a really hard time. Um, there was definitely like some postpartum depression and stuff going on at the same time. Um, and eventually I, I mean, I had surgery. I had, I did end up having reconstructive surgery for my stomach. I don't talk about it too much in the book, but, um, it, it absolutely changed my life, you know, and it got me back to the point where it's not perfect. My body's not perfect and it has scars and there's, you know, not everything's where it used to be, but I am at a point now where I can look in the mirror and love and accept myself and just be proud of, you know, these little creatures that I created and know that that's all just part of my journey. The woman's body is so incredibly amazing that we just, yeah, we can do the incredible thing of holding a child for nine months and then ejecting I hate that word that I just (laughs) ejecting them from our body pushing them through our body that's a better term sorry um it's just it's amazing like the the whole process honestly blows my mind when I think about it I'm like oh my gosh and I obviously haven't experienced it but it really is incredible. And I'm sure it is such a journey to like go through, like you said, postpartum and all of the things it comes with and really just being able to accept our bodies for what it really is. And I, sometimes I even struggle with just like, you know, I'm 30 now, like I've, I've gained some weight the, over the last couple of years. I'm like, shit, like I got to get back <laughs> on my game, but it's like, but then I tell myself, you know what, Janae? Your body is, is yours. It is your temple. And it has Mm. brought you every single day. Like I think about it in the perspective of like, like when I was a little girl, for instance, like that is, that is me. Like that Uh is still me, you know, like it's, it sounds weird to say, but it's like really such a powerful thing to think about. Like it's gotten you through like the good days, the bad days, the really ugly days, like every single chapter of your life. And I try to, I try to remind myself of that, like quite often. And also something that I really enjoyed, um, is, uh, uh, affirmations. Oh, me too. Yes. Yes. They can be really, really powerful. And I actually, um, had a other podcaster on, um, it was kind of a while back, but it was uh, a body image and affirmations episode. And it was incredibly powerful. And she also talked about how, um, you know, the birth of her two sons and just like all the, the changes she went through and just everything that comes with, you know, being a woman and having children and really loving your body and then hating it the next day. And yeah. And kind of really just understanding like it is okay to feel those things, but also, like if you're having a really down day, like try to think about, you know, like where you, where you used to be and where you are now and really do those affirmations, do them in the mirror, say them out loud. Like she also recommended that like you literally stand in front of a mirror naked. Yes. Even if it scares the hell out of you, like do it for a minute, do it for two minutes the next day, like slowly, like really adjust yourself to being like, this is me. I am comfortable. I am happy with the way I am and I'm going to accept it. 
Totally. And acceptance doesn't mean not taking care of yourself, right? Like I can accept and love my body and get my butt on a treadmill tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because I want to be strong. I want to keep my body healthy and be that temple. And then I can turn around and have chocolate mousse on the weekend and enjoy it and not, you know, like, cause I had some this weekend. That's why I was thinking chocolate mousse, but you know, like I'm not going to punish myself either, but I'm also going to take care of my body because yeah, I I want it to keep being there and having these amazing experiences and without our health, my gosh, what do we have? You know, it's so important. And I think really, and I think also, and maybe this is kind of contradicting, but I don't think, I don't know. Um, like doing what kind of makes you feel good about yourself. Like yeah. if that's eating healthy all throughout the week and then freaking binge eating and eating <laughs> junk food on the weekend. Cause that's honestly what I do. Yeah. Um, and like when I'm on my period, I don't give a shit. Like my fiance will laugh at me. He's like, Jeanette, like I'll go grocery shopping. And he'll be like, Jeanette, why did you buy all of this sweet chocolate ice cream? Whatever. I'm like, cause I'm on my period and I will treat myself and I will want to eat whatever the fuck I want because I have cramps and I'm on my period so that's like my treat to myself and I think that's fine you know I I think that's fine yeah whatever makes you feel good and I think like when you said the treadmill thing it's like yeah if you feel good like going to the gym a couple times a week or even once a week or even once you know every two weeks I think whatever works for you is just like yeah just keep on doing that and I think really just coming down to the the sense of like an understanding like this is my body this is I own all of this this is me like mm-hmm. and every just try to reflect on like everything that you've been through to get to you know today and I think that's that's powerful within itself I think um I don't know if you have any more tips for you know a, a woman accepting her body or you know something else that has helped you through that journey Yeah. I mean, a lot of it comes down to what you're consuming and what you're looking at. You know, we spend so much time on social media and if you're constantly looking at people going, Oh, I wish I were skinny as them, or I wish I had abs like them, or I wish this or that, like, stop. Why are you doing that to yourself? Don't follow them anymore or just limit your time on social and get, get that negativity out of your body because it's not helping you, right? It's not helping you love yourself more. And I think we're just so my, we get into the mindless scroll so often it can be really toxic. And a lot of my clients, cause I'm a life coach also. So a lot of my clients come to me and they're like, Oh, but I should be further along in my career. I should have a bigger house or I should have this or should have that. I'm like, why do you think that? I'm like, well, because this person does and that person I'm like, mm, okay, stop, like stop playing the comparison game. You know, your body isn't meant to look like someone else's body or behave the way someone else's body behaves you know, and now there may be things that you don't like about your body. Okay. Then if you want to change it, like, let's change it. Let's honor that. That's fine. But we don't have to go to crazy lengths either and make ourselves feel like our body isn't good because of someone, the way someone else looks. I don't know if that's helpful, but. No, that's so helpful. And I think the comparison is, what is, what is the quote? Like a compare, the comparison is like a thief of joy. I think mm. it's, and it's so true. true. Because it's so like true. you're always gonna want to know, or like if you have curly hair, you want straight hair. If you are tall, yeah. you want to be short. You always want what you don't have. Like let's just be honest here. And I think just really trying to to say, you know what, this is. 
I'm not, like you said, I'm not supposed to be like someone else. I'm me and I am unique. And that is your superpower. Yes. And I think one of the other superpowers that we need to have too, is like recognizing what, what fits you and what feels good to you. So I know we were talking before we hit record about how, you know, we wanted to make sure we touched on the vibrators and the sex toys, because a lot of people feel like it's taboo and they, you know, are scared to try it. And, and if you try something and you decide this isn't for me, I don't like it. This doesn't make me feel comfortable. Then don't do it. Like that's okay too. So don't ever feel like you have to do what someone else is doing because they seem to love it when you try it and you're like, I don't know, this is terrible because you might, you might actually not enjoy it. You know, like I, I've definitely joked before, like, Oh, you're not doing it right then. Or you haven't tried right. But honestly, not everyone is going to feel comfortable with self-pleasure and that's okay too. We just want to always be going, okay, am I feeling this way because I've been societally pressured into this or I've been taught this way and it's a stigma or something that's deeply ingrained to me? Or have I given myself an opportunity to explore something and really made this decision for myself to say, this does not suit me. And when we operate from that place, that's operating from a place of power. And that is when we get to be really, truly authentically ourselves. My girl, that is beautifully said. I freaking love you. that. Love that. Um, so I want to know about pregnancy sex because obviously Ooh. I've never experienced that. So I'm wondering how can people maybe spice it up or like how do you kind of make it a little sexy? Well, that's a good question because um I have a lot of hashtag fails in this area. <laughs> So I, I, of course, again, me and lingerie, we just never go well together. I always think it's going to be really sexy and it's never actually sexy. So I remember I got this like beautiful pink satin teddy and it had this like big bow that would accentuate my chest and I hoped kind of hide the belly and like, you know, I wasn't too fitting and I'm like, oh, this will be really sexy. And I kind of like tried to prop myself up against the door really sexily. And I think I just looked more like a strained pig in a barn. I'm not sure. Like it just did not. My husband was just like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? He just kind of was like, let's turn off these lights. And he totally hit the lights on me. I'm not even kidding. And I was like, oh, just kill me now. Like now I don't even want to do this. Like, please make this go away. And I'm like, crap. Now I got to perform. Okay. What? (laughs) So it's, it was really awkward, you know, trying to figure out, I mean, here's this person that you've been with, at least for me, I'd been with him for, oh my gosh nine years before we got actually married. And now we're like a year and a half or so into marriage. And I'm like watching my body just steadily get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, how do we wait? I can't reach there. Or you can't now we're in the way we can't like actually come together. (laughs) How do we do this? So we spent a lot of time in wiggly worm, which is not my personal favorite, but you know, it's one way to get rid of the belly problem. Um, Do you mean like laying on your like, side? Yes. With like him behind me and me facing okay. away from him. Oh yeah. I guess maybe other people don't call it wiggly worm. <laughs> 
No, I like the name, but I, I was like, wait, I just g- want to confirm <laughs> if that's what you mean. That's not I a Kama Sutra book. <laughs> Wiggly Worm. That's a good one. I'm going to use that. Oh my gosh. That's so embarrassing now. My gosh. I don't even know if I've ever said that out loud now. <laughs> I love it. Oh, good. It. Well, anyway, so yeah, so that was kind of like a fan favorite, if you will, okay. because it was like one of the only things, you know, we did. Oh, my God. I don't think this is in the book. I hope the kids aren't outside in the hallway. Um, We did. I did try to let them like screw my boobs one time because <laughs> they were so big. Right. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, Dad, there's nothing there. You couldn't do it normally. Like there would be nothing to be in between. And it was like, even both of us were just like laughing. And he was like, this is not, no, we need to stop this immediately. <laughs> like, I love like, the boring, though. You know? And we're like, yeah, yeah. But we're like, let's just erase that from our memories as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a couple of times. It's, I, and I don't have big boobs. Like I'm very average chested. And I'm like, it's just not working. And then no. I... I I've actually, I never know what to do. Like, right. do you moan? Like, do you just watch? I honestly didn't know what to do. No, it's, it's kind of yeah. Weird. Yeah. I actually want to talk more about that because just like in my head, like I'm thinking to myself, do a lot of people do that? I actually have never thought about this. I think I just came up with a new topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to have an episode on that. I'm intrigued. Like, I want to know if people do that. Like, I don't know. Can people like write into your show or something? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a poll on the Instagram and say, Ooh. hey guys, do we do we do boobs or what is it called? Um, motorboat? No, motorboat. Like, what is it? Well, I think that's when you put your face in it. But like, I don't know. You know right? <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know what you call it, other than horrible and dumb and don't do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean oh my god I gotta ask now that's that's interesting yeah and I bet there's somebody out there that's like listening and they're like no I love that that's like one of my favorite things to do and that's cool do you again like whatever works for you but I'm just telling you it did not work for us Um, and I think one of the hardest parts was like being able to go down on him because my stomach was so like I can't get my mouth anywhere near you is there like a position that was good for that like I'm trying to think of maybe you. I think we just had to eventually get him so far out on the edge of the bed. Okay. Yep. That there was just like enough room for my stomach between the bed and his member. It was just not. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there was like, so I don't know how you spice it up um, during pregnancy because it's rough. And then we did have a little incident where apparently sometimes the um, lining of your, like, I don't, I don't. I don't know what it's called. I might, I'm going to say hymen, but I don't really think that that's right. But like something in there, you can like irritate the cervical lining. I'm pretty sure I got it right in my book. So whatever I said in there is the medical term, but basically we irritated that lining and it started bleeding. And I was like, Oh, you're killing our baby. Like, Oh my gosh, what did we do? Our stupid desires. And look, we were like, and I was freaking out and I'm like calling the doctor. And it was just like so embarrassing. And he's like, ma'am, like go back to bed. There's, this is not an emergency that you needed to wake me up at one o'clock in the morning for, yes, I did. but thanks for playing. Yeah. And it was just, he's like, if it's, if you're not bleeding in the morning, like just 
you're fine. And of course, you know, an hour later, like there was nothing, I was fine, Mm -hmm. but it was terrifying. And it's one of those things again, where like, if nobody tells you, Hey, this might happen. It's like, Mm -hmm. that is why I wrote this book. Because if I can save one woman from having one of the multiple embarrassing situations that I've had, or this feeling of like, I'm alone, I'm a weirdo. My body's the only one that's broken. It doesn't work. Like if I can save one person, it was totally worth it to write this story. 100, and I'm sure it has. I mean, this oh, yeah. sounds incredible. I literally am so excited to read it. It's going to be on my um, my little Christmas wish list. But yeah. honestly, I actually probably can't wait that long. I'm just going to buy it like this weekend. Do it. It's, I mean, the ebook's like $9. Amazon's almost always running a special for like 15 or something. So, I mean, it's super reasonable. And the more of you that buy it, the more Amazon will discount it. So (laughs) little tip. Yeah. Um, Well, do you have any suggestions on how your partner could make you feel sexy when you're having pregnancy sex? Like, is there something that kind of helped you feel like sexy or good or I don't know. Oh, I mean, I'm one of those people who needs words of affirmation. So just tell me I'm beautiful. Tell me you still think I'm sexy. Like, you know, he paid a lot of attention to my chest because it was so much bigger. Like I was so engorged for a while, um, which was a little bit of a blessing and a curse because then I was like, oh, you like this so much. I'm like, should I get implants? And he was like, you're freaking crazy. Like, no, he's like, I love you. This is the way you are, but this is like seasonal fruit and I'm just going to enjoy it while it's coming. Okay. And I was like, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So, you know, just like really be appreciative of her. And, and it's hard because I know for some guys it is actually a turnoff and it can, they, and they don't mean that they don't know going in that they're going to be turned off by this. And I think sometimes my husband did like have those moments where he was just like, I'm just going to close my eyes and just imagine old Karen here. And, you know, I, I also have to remind myself that's not anything to do with me. You know, that's not a reflection of me. He still loves me that thought I was beautiful, but it just visually for him was like, he's not used to seeing that, you know? So Mm -hmm. it, and he was scared honestly, sometimes of hurting the baby, you know? So especially after we had the little blood incident, it was like, he was super gun shy. And then there was probably a period, like almost the end of the last month where we really weren't that intimate that often because he was just nervous and, you know, you're seeing the baby kick in the middle of it and I feel it move. And you're like, Oh, like, you know, so these are things you have to be prepared for. And you really, there's no way to prepare for it other than to just know that this could happen and to just be really accepting of each other during that time, because it's temporary. It's all temporary. That's, that's like a really great way to put it is, you know, it's just, just the, the time frame of the baby in there, like it's going to be over and, yeah. you know, that's, that's good advice. And then what would you say kind of when the baby is born, like ways to spice up, like, cause I know obviously like time and, you know, time is very valuable as it is, but especially oh, yeah. when newborn, like any any ways to quickly spice it up or 
you know, maybe try out some new things. Yeah, of course. I mean, why not? Why not do that now, even before a baby comes? But if you want to wait till after the baby, that's cool too. Um, We did, of course, like a lot of quickies, you know, like when the baby would go down for a nap and we'd just spontaneously be like, oh, middle of the day, like, why not? If we were, you know, both home or whatever. Um, Yeah. And we found ourselves in different places because like the baby was in the nursery, which was right off of our bedroom. So we're like, Ooh, nobody's downstairs. Like, let's go do it downstairs in the guest room or on the couch or whatever, you know? So just really giving ourselves permission to be like almost like newlyweds again and just do do something different. different. I love that. And like in the kitchen, like, I like that. That's it. it, Cause it can really, when you're in a different environment, a different room that you normally don't, I find it just so, it's like, it's sexy. There's just something about yeah. it that's like different. And it's like, ooh, like where could we go now? Like what, yeah. what chair, like recliner or whatever. Like it, it can be super, super fun. So I love that. Yeah. The one thing I wasn't totally sold on, we did it once on the baby recliner where we like nursed the baby. And I was like, this yeah. feels wrong. I was like, nope, nope. I mean, after a while, I was like, we got to move. <laughs> I was like finishing up my work day this was probably like last year and my fiance was just like he just like pulled on my pants and I was like are we really gonna I literally sat in this chair that I'm in right now which is technically my work chair and we had sex and I was kind of like is this weird I was like because I was literally sitting at my desk and I was like yeah I don't know if I like this but like it's kind of hot because it's almost like ooh, like like taboo like ooh, I'm I'm supposed to be working right now but there's five minutes left to work like (gasps) it kind of just made it like a little spicy there was something about it but I also was like is this weird I love that during the work day I'm like I'm getting paid to have sex this is fantastic (laughs) I absolutely love it it's it, it really can be super super fun so I love that yes and like dress up, like for me, you know, once I was home, I was on maternity leave. I wasn't putting on my work clothes. So I would actually like sneak upstairs when he was putting the baby to bed or something. And I'd come down in like my heels and my pencil skirt and like a, a dress shirt. Cause he always loved when I came home from work and I was all dressed up. So I was like, well, I'm not going to work right now, but it doesn't mean I can't put a little outfit on have a little fun. Oh, I actually like that with the button down with the skirt. That's like really like, that's a sexy you just gave me an idea. Mm, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, seriously, thank you. I love it. Yeah, spicing up sex lives one podcast at a time. <laughs> it, it, and I think, well, the, the reason why I always like asking that question to certain people is because everyone has a different answer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's some things that like would work for some people. And then there's some things that are like kind of more broad, but like people can try it out like they're like oh that sounds really fucking hot because everyone's different like yeah you know you might not like something that I do and vice versa like we talked about earlier and and that's totally fine but I love asking that question because it's like you never know what the person's gonna say and then you're like oh okay like Mm -hmm. I I can do that I can try it out I love it um any last thoughts before we play our game um yeah definitely go get the book the ins and outs of my vagina a penetrating memoir it will make you laugh and you will realize that you are not alone uh you're not a unicorn there's no such thing as unicorns so while maybe our experiences haven't been exactly the same chances are we've gone through something similar and you are going to get to relive your stories and have a new understanding and appreciation for your body as you read mine so it's a very um 
you know, universal yet unique experience for each one of us. The other thing I do just want to share is that every um, every copy purchased, a portion of the proceeds go to Alliance for Period Supplies to help women in need get access to period products that they can't afford. So you are helping not just support an indie author um, who self-published, but you're really helping to support many women across the U.S. who who need your help. Oh, I love that. That's that's incredible. That really is. And I actually, now that you mentioned that, I did an episode with a woman in New Zealand that she is the CEO of uh, Menstrual Cups. And she also donated to, you know, some place in New Zealand. I can't remember the name of it. um, For for women that, you know, period poverty is a real thing. So I absolutely love that. And I, like I said, I can't wait to, to read the book. So everyone go read Karen's book and definitely, definitely let us know what you think of this episode because I enjoyed it so much. Um, all right. So let's play a game. Okay. Are you ready? Of course, well, as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first one is take out or dine in. Dine in. Dine in. Mm-hmm. A night owl or an early riser? Both, weirdly, oh. kind of. I don't sleep. <laughs> night owl plus early morning. I like it. Um, <clears throat> are you a pizza fan or pasta? If you had to pizza. choose one, pizza all day. Um, fruits or veggies? Fruits. Love. Um, if you could have the ability to talk to animals or the ability to control weather, which one would you choose? Like you could literally be like, it's going to be 70 degrees right now. I think talk to animals. That sounds interesting. Yes. And I'd like to talk to my dog and tell him to stop eating everything. (laughs) Right. I totally hear you on that one. Um, Would you rather live by the ocean or live in a cabin in the woods? Ocean. Ocean. Love. Uh, would you rather create a new language or create a new holiday? Holiday. Holiday. What would it be called? Karen vagina day? day? No, I don't know. <laughs> vagina day. I like that better. Love your vagina day. I don't know. Yes. Love that. I love Why don't that. we have that already, actually? That makes me mad. Right? We need that. There's going to be something to do with our vagina. Like There is a National Vagina Day, I think. Like, oh, I think there is, but it's yeah. like under, yeah, it's underrepresented and it's not celebrated by the masses. We need to change that. We do. <laughs> um, The next one is, do you prefer online shopping or in-person shopping? In-person. Love. Me too. Um, I have to try it on. I have to see yes. how it lays. And feel and I- it. Yes. Quality is important. Um, Would you rather have eyes that film everything or ears that record everything? Ears that record. Love. Um, Would you rather give up all technology or give up TV, movies, and books? Oh, I'll give up TV, movies, and books. I mean, books would be hard for me, but TVs and movies, we already don't have cable or a net streaming service. So we've been cable free and TV free since 2019 and it's life changing. Oh, that's incredible. Um, Would you rather explore space or explore the sea? Sea. Love. 
Um, <clears throat> would you rather always wear ball gowns every single day for the rest of your life or always wear swimwear every single day? Oh, ball gowns. I didn't even need to hear the choice. I'm like, can I please, can we just start that now? And then and maybe then- we'll start it on vagina day. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I love them. Um, would you rather live in 1869 or live in 2069? I'm gonna go 1869. I'm I'm all about simplicity in my life these days. That would be so cool. Uh sex toys only or oral sex only, if you had to choose one. Mm, sex toys. <laughs> it's a guarantee i mean i don't have time to mess around with maybe's (laughs) (laughs) yes um fresh flowers or potted plants potted plants love and the last one sunrise or sunset oh rise love love yeah oh my gosh well this was such a pleasure karen thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and everyone go buy her book. Um, I would love for you to tell everyone where they can connect with you. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Karen Freeland. If you're interested in the life coaching, the best place to find me is in my Facebook group. It's called Successful Working Women Rocking Reinvention. So I'm in there all the time. So that's a great place to find me. And of course, you can go to my website, karenfreeland.com. It's Karen with an I, K-A-R-I-N. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I loved chatting with you. Me too. This was so much fun. Everyone go get Karen's book. Highly recommend. I cannot wait to read it. And you know where to find me at my naked mindset on all of your social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and you can also join my free Facebook group, My Naked Mindsetters. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you connect with Karen and let me know what other topics that you would like to have me talk about because I love to hear your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of My Naked Mindset. Bye!